Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the American Pipeline podcast uh, presented by BetMGM and McKenney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from The Rink Live. Sydney, how you doing? Doing good. It's kind of a dreary day in in Minnesota. I know you guys have had some weird weather too, of like very hot and then like getting wintry mm-hmm. again. So I don't really know what to even think about this. I guess it's almost May, but not really weather wise. I don't know. It's funny because it is you know not a cloud in the sky today. Beautiful. I will probably get blasted with sun by the end of this. Uh, <laughs> just because that's how it works with the time that we record. I usually get hit in the face with sun right towards the end of our shows. And and now the next, I believe, nine days on our, our weather forecast is rain. So that's oh, interesting. It's Very a really fun. good way. Great way to ring in uh, ring in summer and spring and whatnot. But um, let's ring in some, some news, shall we, from the American Pipeline. Let's start with the quarterfinals of the U18 World, uh, World Championships. Lots of crazy stuff happening, starting with USA beating Czechia 4-1. Yeah, so uh, we had plenty of news of the Worlds over this past week. Obviously, they've been playing all their games. Um, They're in now the quarterfinal round, which is being played today, the day that we're recording. So we don't have all the results yet um, because I think it's one or two of the games is still being played. I think just one of them because all the other... I know Sweden versus Latvia is live right now, the time that we're recording, but it looks like Sweden's going to win that one. Otherwise, the U.S. won theirs. Um, over Czechia, four to one. Slovakia beat Finland, three two. That was a big one for them. Um, and then Canada beat Switzerland, seven three. So those are the scores we have as of the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but super exciting tournament. There's been some outstanding performances, uh, and it's going to be pretty crazy here for for the next few days as we get into the the semis and then the championship game. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been some standout performances. Uh, from guys here, most of them, you know, obviously draft el- or some of them draft eligible, some of them coming up. It's it's crazy. Uh, we got Gabe Perot, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, uh, you know, some great Boston College stuff. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the, the standout performances here that we got? Yeah, it's kind of crazy seeing there's so many Boston College commits on the Team USA roster and almost all of them are like the top guys. So if you're a BC fan, they have just an incredible recruiting class here for for the next you know, couple years to come. They have just like everybody. I feel like I was typing out, you know, who's scoring and then where they were committed to the other day on Twitter. And there's so many BC recruits. It's kind of insane, including all three of like the leading tournament scorers in Gabe Pro, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard. So that's pretty insane. So for BC, that's uh that's huge for them because Gabe Pro has 16 points. Will Smith has 16 points in the tournament. Just absolutely insane they've both been breaking a bunch of records and doing just crazy stuff and then ryan leonard's pretty close behind he has 14 which again still a really really crazy stat and then cole eiserman who we've also talked about quite a bit on the show he's a minnesota commit though so a little bit different he's also playing really well he's definitely a a goal scoring guy he has eight goals so far throughout the uh tournament as of this morning when i checked so it 
I'm trying to be up to date, but obviously we're recording and putting this out at, at different times. So it might be different by the time this comes out. Uh, and then Cole Hudson too. We've talked a lot about his brother Lane on the, on the podcast in recent months, but Cole is really, really good. He has nine assists and he's a BU commit. So another Boston school, but the, the other one, and it's really crazy. It's been really fun to watch for some of those uh, names you're going to hear at the draft this summer, specifically, you know, Perot, Smith and Leonard. And then I believe Iserman and Hudson, I think are both the next year. I think they're 2024s. Yeah. Yeah, 24, 24, but the top line is just insane of Perot, Smith and Leonard, and they are tearing it up and just making even more of a name for themselves at this. Yeah, I believe Cole uh, Cole Hudson is on his way to, you know, he's in some rare company when it comes to assists at this tournament. He's he's on his way to uh, moving up the leaderboard for most assists ever at this tournament by, uh, you know, by a player. So that's that's pretty exciting. Um, all right. See, as you said, it seems like the championship will likely be uh, U.S. and Sweden. You know, they're both undefeated, but be very right. interesting. Who knows? Canada might want some revenge too. Who knows? So I don't. I don't know. It could be close, but I. I had to say. I have to say, if that was what I had to pick today, I assume it would be that. But you never know. I assume Canada is probably going to want to have a little bit of a comeback from that first game of the tournament. So you never know. Very cool. All right. Uh, moving on to the USHL. You know, the NCAA is obviously wrapped up, but the USHL still going strong. Uh, before we talk about the playoffs, though. Let's talk about some some news here, starting with Will Whitelaw breaking Youngstown's record for goals in a season by a rookie with a whopping 36. This is another prospect, too, that is going to be a name to look out for for the draft this summer. He's a guy who's been ranked kind of around like between like 25 and 45 usually from from like the rankings that I've seen. So he's definitely a higher level prospect and. For being a for this being his first full year in the USHL, I think last year he played like nine games or something, so he didn't really play that that much. He was finishing up at at Shattuck St. Mary's where he played the past few years, but this year as a rookie, absolutely tearing it up, sixty one points in sixty two games, and then he has a ton of goals now. Uh, he has thirty six, so that's really crazy for someone in their first full year in the USHL. A lot of times it takes guys a, a year to adapt, and then they kind of get better, but. He hasn't really had any uh, trouble with that. So he's a really, really high-level prospect. Uh, definitely a guy a lot of teams are keeping an eye on for the draft. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who's not the biggest dude ever, five foot nine, but obviously that is not uh, preventing him from, from scoring at all. Uh, and obviously 18 years old, going to be a name you hear at the draft, and currently committed to Wisconsin. So he's been having a, a really, really good year. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, we got Ryan Walsh, Cedar Rapids. Broke the franchise record for points with 79. Crazy stuff from him as well. Yeah, this is just another, you know, record. I feel like there's been a lot, uh, quite a, a few of records, records actually. Yeah. I feel like we've been typing a lot of them, or at least franchise records. Maybe not over, you know, overall USHL, but at least franchise records. There's been a lot of really good standout players this year. And I mean, Ryan Walsh. Walsh is another guy that you look at his stats and this is his first full year in the USHL too. So obviously he hasn't had, you know, time to come in, you know, get used to things. He just came right in and just took off. He has 79 points uh, over 61 games this year, which is 30 goals, 49 assists. That is a 
really, really big number. And so far in playoffs, uh, he has five points in three games. So really good stats there. Um, pretty good size, six foot one forward from Rochester, New York. He's 19 and uh, committed to go to Cornell. So that is a, a big commit for them. Uh, and yeah, he's leading the team in points and just having one heck of a season. Absolutely. We could, you know, a lot of exciting stuff for uh, Cornell fans out there. All right. Let's talk about some USHL tenders here, uh, starting with Matthew Grimes, uh, who tenders um, with Sioux Falls. And we don't actually see too many tenders in mm -hmm. the USHL. Like I keep track of NAHL tenders for the rink live and there's like over 200, but for the USHL, there's not that many. So when everyone comes up, it's, you know, exciting and, and fun to talk about. So Matthew Grimes was one recently that came out uh, tendered with Sioux Falls. Again, a lot of these players are young. They're like 16, but they're at the level where they're likely planning on joining the USHL for the upcoming year. And Matthew Grimes is five foot 10 left-handed defenseman currently playing at Mount St. Charles and doing really good there. He's their top scoring defender right now as I'm, as I'm checking on elite prospects. So that's a really big uh, get for Sioux Falls. And that uh, I assume is going to be a player they're going to want to bring in likely for the upcoming year. Absolutely. All right. Then we got Lucas Sauchin. Sauchin? I'm going to say Yeah, his, his brother is uh, – this was kind of a weird one, so some backstory for this, but okay. his brother is Grayson for anyone. I know that might ring some bells. And he actually plays uh, completely different. A lot of people thought this was a really interesting tender because Grayson, his brother, as it's loading on me here, he's actually currently playing in the WHL. So for okay. his younger brother to go to the USHL – that was kind of like they're taking two different paths. Cause I assume if you're in the USHL, you sign a tender, you're probably going to want to go to the, the college hockey route and stuff like that, where his older brother's playing in the WHL, you know, isn't going to be taking the, the whole college hockey route. So two different routes for two different brothers, but kind of cool to see, but that tender caught some people by surprise a little bit. Cause they didn't know if he was going to follow in his brother's uh, footsteps or not, but He's a 16-year-old, five foot nine forward, playing for Shattuck St. Mary's this year, and he has 78 points in 57 games. So some really, really good stats there, uh, and people were excited to see that. That's a that's a high-level player that Chicago has tendered. Now I want to talk about how real quick how his brother's first name is spelled because <laughs> this is the most yeah. the fact that he's playing in the dub. There's there's that that meme of WHL names because they just get crazier and crazier each year. So this guy's name is Grayson, not a crazy, like in the, in this day and age, not a crazy, um, you know, uncommon name, I guess there's more Grayson's yeah. coming out of the woodwork these days, but his name is spelled G R A C Y N. Yeah. I mean, which I is feel like we've had some wild names on, on the podcast this year, but yeah, definitely an interesting one, but yeah, unique spelling there. That's the most WHL spelling of a name I've ever seen. I just needed to point that out just, yeah. just to see. All right. Uh, and then we got Cooper Simpson, who tenders the Tri-City. This, this was a fun one for me because I've actually seen Cooper play quite a bit because he's from Minnesota, plays in Minnesota. So this mm. was a cool one for me to see. He's 16. He's a six-foot forward. And he just had a monster of a year for Shakopee High School uh, in Minnesota this year. And last year, too, he was really good. But this year uh, – even even more so. So he's tendered with Tri-City. And this year, as a sophomore, uh, he led his high school team with 63 points 
which is insane. And that's over 27 games. So it's not like they're playing a crazy amount of games or anything, Uh, but it was ridiculous. He had 37 goals, like just a really, really high level player. So that was a fun one for me to see that uh, I assume he's going to be likely playing with Tri-City since he signed a tender. Um, So I'm assuming he's probably not going to be playing for Shakopee, but he's a super high level player. So wasn't uh, really surprised by that. Very cool. All right. And then finally we got Mason Fleece. Uh, a guy who spells his name M-A-S-U-N. Another um, spelling, yeah. Another unique. crazy spell. Uh, parents these days, what what are we doing? Um, uh, Mason Fleecy tenders with Fargo. Yeah, and then this was the last one I had here on this list. Um, there's just more and more starting to pop up now that we're getting closer to the offseason, and some teams actually are now in the offseason if they're not in playoffs. But Mason Fleece tendered with Fargo, the Fargo Force, And he's another player that uh, has ties to Shattuck St. Mary's. There's a couple of them I've already mentioned in in the other tenders, but he had 71 points this year for Shattuck's 16U AAA team. He's 16, um, originally from California, though, and he's a 5'9 forward. And I've definitely heard his name quite a bit when people are talking about like younger prospects. So this was also one that wasn't super surprised by. I had already heard of him. So, yeah, that'll be a, a good one, I assume, for Fargo. Sure will be. All right, let's talk about the playoffs. Obviously, is what we do it for. It's uh, they're in full swing, crazy stuff. Number four, Tri City has actually taken down number five, Sioux, uh, Sioux City, to face number one, Fargo in the West. Yeah, so we're already in playoffs here, and obviously, I'm not going to like recap every game or anything because there's way too many. But yeah. just some highlights of of the series so far because there was like that first round, and then they get to play. Uh, the top four teams that all have a buyer, I guess the top two teams in the East and the West is how it's set up. Um, so Tri-City is going to advance on to play Fargo, who was like the best regular season team. Um, but Tri-City won the series two to zero. So they only needed two two games to do it. Um, best of threes in this round. Cam Corpy in goal, uh, played played in goal for both games. He's a Western Michigan commit. He was solid and just a lot of players got on the score sheet for Tri-City, which is definitely a good sign uh, if a lot of your guys are putting up points in these playoff games, because that can be hard to do. Uh, But there was a lot of just standout performances. Tanner Adams, who's a Providence commit, and Kale Ashcroft, who's a Denver commit, they both had four assists over the series, which was just two games. Uh, Alex Bump, who we talked about before, he's a Vermont commit, and he's also a draft pick of uh, Philly and the Flyers. He had two goals and an assist. Trevor Connolly, Providence commit, had two goals, two assists. And then a really big two games from Graham Gamash, who's currently a Minnesota State commit. Again, like we said, those Minnesota State and Wisconsin guys could fluctuate now that they have coaching changes, but he's still listed as Minnesota State Mankato, but he had a hat trick in one game and also had two assists over the series. So really big series for Tri-City. And for them, uh, they had a a nice showing, but they're going to have a a hard uh, next few games here taking on Fargo. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we got number three Lincoln. Not a lot of upsets we got going on here, but, uh, you know, number three Lincoln taking down number six Des Moines to face number two Waterloo in the West. Yeah, so like you said, not really any super surprising results here. Lincoln won the series two to zero, so again, just took them two games. Um, Cameron Whitehead wasn't goal. He's a he's a Vegas 
draft pick. So he's a high level goalie. Uh, a lot of players had a goal and two assists in this series. Tyler Dunbar did. He's a North Dakota commit. Um, Doug Grimes, who's committed to BU. Uh, Larrigan, who's committed to Notre Dame. And Mason Marcellus is another name I've heard a lot this year. He's a Quinnipiac commit. And then another one of the names that I know we shouted out a couple weeks ago, but Boston Buckberger had a good series as well with three assists. Uh, and he's one of those guys who recently flipped his commitment and is now headed to Denver. So Lincoln's going to face off against Waterloo. That's going to be a, a two and a three seed game. So that should be honestly a really fun series. I think that's going to be a, a fun one to watch. Absolutely. All right. And then we got number five Dubuque. This is the only upset we got here really. Or no, these are, we got two upsets. Sorry. I guess they're both technically upset since they beat a higher seed, yes. but depending on who you talk to, these may or may not really be upset. So kind of, yes. Well, Hey, you know, they're higher <laughs> seed victories. We got number five Dubuque upsetting number four green Bay to face Chicago, which is the number one seed in the East. So Dubuque ended up uh, winning this one, and both of this and the next game we'll talk about went to the full three games. So Dubuque won the series two to one. Uh, Ryan St. Louis, who we've talked about quite a bit in the past few weeks, he had another really good couple of games. He had a goal and three assists, uh, and like we said, he's recently committed to Brown. Uh, Owen Michaels, who's a Western Michigan commit, had two goals and three assists, so five points over that series. That's really, really good. Um, Marcus Brandman played, I believe that's how you say his name. Um, I think he's Swedish. So sorry if my pronunciation is not great. Um, but he played all of the games for Dubuque and, and was solid there. And Max Montez, who's an Ohio state commit had, uh, two goals and an assist. So a couple of nice, solid performances there for Dubuque, but again, they're going to have a tough test, uh, kind of like Tri-City where they're going to have to face that number one seed. They're going to have to play Chicago. So that's going to be an interesting one. Should be interesting. All right. And then we got number six, Cedar Rapids, upsetting, you know, number three, the national team development program, uh, which is a big one to face number two, Youngstown in the East. It's always kind of uh, odd with the national team because I don't really remember. They don't make the playoffs super often in the USHL. And when they do, it always is like, well, a lot of those players are already you know, overseas this year. They're in Switzerland playing for that U18 tournament. So a lot of these are, the like the other players that aren't going over to that so it's always kind of like an odd time of time of the year if they do make the playoffs so I wasn't super surprised to see Cedar Rapids winning this series they won the series two to one um, a St. Cloud State commit Martins Lavins a couple of Latvians actually had really good performances he had three goals and an assist in the series so that's fun to see for for myself and any other St. Cloud fans um, but Bruno Bruveres, who I believe is the other Latvian he was in goal for all the games for for Cedar Rapids he's committed to Miami Ohio um, and then a couple other really good performances is that Andy Moore committed to Northeastern had four assists in the series and Jack Musa um, had two goals and two assists. And one thing I wanted to bring up that was kind of interesting uh, was that Cedar Rapids just recently added Cade Littler to their roster, who I assume was an affiliate player. Um, but it seems kind of odd that they just added him like the past. I don't know. It says he played with them April 25th and 26th. So a few days ago. Um, because he's a really, really high-level prospect who's playing in the BCHL uh, mm -hmm. for the Wild and had great stats there. He's actually a, a Calgary draft pick, seventh-round pick of this last year. So I don't know if maybe they were like, hey, well, you're technically, I assume, an affiliate player, and do you want to come up and, and play a couple games with us? So I don't know how that all happened. I saw some people online that were kind of confused by that, but 
obviously if you have a, a draft pick player who's really, really good, uh, might as well bring them aboard for playoffs. I mean, go for it. Why not? It says on Elite Prospects, I'm looking, it looks like he had an assist in his second game uh, with them. I think he's just played two so far because he was just added. Uh, but that's definitely a big one. I saw some people are like, wait, wait, what? Because he was not on the roster for most of the year. He was playing for the Wild in the BCHL and had awesome stats there. So I assume Cedar Rapids is like, uh, yeah, we definitely want to bring him aboard here if we can play him because he's a super high level player, like I said, and is a, a Flames prospect. So he's already drafted. So that was kind of an interesting thing there. But you know, even though it's Cedar Rapids is number six, they upset number three, the the NTDP. Wasn't super surprising, to be honest, just because of the whole stuff Team USA has to do at this time of year. But then Cedar Rapids will play Youngstown, which is the number two seed in the East. Uh, and a bunch of those games will be going here pretty soon. So we're in full swing for the USHL playoffs, and I'm sure we're going to have even more players who stand out and have great weekends uh, here coming up over the next few days. Full swing. All right. Um, so it's only fitting that on the day that we record this, uh, the Leafs have a chance to win their first playoff series in 19 years um, because we have now reached uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs prospects in our you know prospect deep dive uh, to see you know which prospects they have in the American pipeline. Let's start, obviously, with the guy who will be suiting up in their top six tonight, um, Matthew Nyes. Uh, and, and here's the thing. We've talked about Matthew Nyes all year long. You know, the guy was amazing he you know Hobie the Hobie Baker uh, a hat trick finalist you know 42 points um in his sophomore season uh crazy crazy stuff the one thing that's really interesting though is some people were wondering you know how he can sort of how he can acclimate to the NHL and he has fit in as swimmingly as anyone could have possibly expected and he has now bumped uh he's now bumped Michael Bunting really from the lineup we'll see you know whether or not he can get in later on but uh, Matthew Nice has, I, I would dare to say the Leafs aren't in this position without Matthew Nice. He's been amazing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see some of the Gophers players like Matthew Nice has obviously stepped in and played a really big role. Brock Faber's still playing with the Wild and Jackson Lacombe played a couple of games with, with Anaheim before uh, they were done. But that's, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, obviously he had to be at the top of the list because he's playing and doing super well. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's been super good so far. I've seen a couple of really good highlight reel clips already of him on on Twitter, but that's a that's a fun one that we've talked about over the season and now he's finally finally on the team. Absolutely. All right, here's a guy in Nick Moldenhauer uh, from the Chicago Steel of the USHL. His third round pick last year. He's someone that is gaining traction as a a great draft sleeper here. Dig us a bit through Nick Moldenhauer. Nick Moldenhauer, yeah, like you said, is honestly a really, really good player in the USHL. And last year he was a third-round pick, 95th overall. Um, so, you know, still pretty high. He wasn't, like, super, super high up there. Not, you know, first or second round, but he's a really, really good player. He currently, for the Chicago Steel, has 75 points in 55 games, which is crazy. And like we just said a couple of minutes ago, Chicago is the one seed in the East, so they're having a really good year and obviously he's been a big part of that and he's just been a top guy in the ushl kind of this whole year and has really upped his game last year he had a good year too i mean he had over a point per game which is hard to do but this year he kind of just took it up a up a notch and took it up a whole nother level uh and he's headed to play for michigan 
we've uh, we've talked about them. They have plenty of high level prospects. You know, last year, the year before that, they have a lot of these really super good players on their team. Uh, and in the last couple of games, he's been kind of on a tear too. He has six points in his last three games, which is kind of crazy uh, in in the USHL to be doing this good as just an 18 year old. But I assume he's going to be a great prospect to have in in the pipeline for Leafs fans. Absolutely. Right. And then we got VT Mietnin, um from St. Cloud State, 21 uh, year old Finn. What can we expect to see from him? This one is fun for me because obviously I watch a lot of St. Cloud State since I'm in St. Cloud, the St. Cloud area. And VD is has announced he's coming back for, for next season as far as I've heard. Uh, so it sounds like he's coming back for his senior year. He was a junior this year and had his best year so far with 36 points in 41 games, so just shy of a point per game. But his freshman and sophomore year were really, really good too. He didn't really have that first season to adapt to playing in college hockey. He just exploded for 24 points right away and he was a really really high level freshman coming in uh but originally he was a sixth round pick in 2020 so not super high level necessarily but what makes him stand out is definitely his shot he has an awesome shot he can beat guys from pretty much wherever uh has been good on the power play but for me i think vd needs to get a little bit stronger a little bit and you know he's not the biggest guy He's 5'9", it says, but I don't know about that. Um, but he's a really, really good guy, uh, player, but he's a guy that you want to just be shoot the puck, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, because he has an awesome shot. So we'll see what he does for St. Cloud. I think it'll be awesome if he comes back for his senior season, because I believe his younger brother is coming up to play for St. Cloud State, I assume, for this next year. So that could be cool to see both of them. But, yeah, uh, definitely a fun player to watch, and he has a really great shot. Hey, very cool. All right, then we got Ryan Verberg, a guy who has blown expectations out of the water as a seventh round pick, um, and uh, you know now he is a seventh round pick in 2020. Um, he had a great season this year at UConn. Is now with the Toronto Marlies as they gear up for their playoff run. He's played so far. It looks like seven AHL games so far. So just starting to get adapted to that to that next level of play there. But yeah, for a seventh round pick, this was a, a really really good one or one that paid off because. He had a really good year at UConn, 30 points, and he also was over 30 points last year. Uh, left after his junior season, so I'm sure some of the fans were a little sad to see him go, but really good player. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does at the next level, but you know, this year he had really good stats. Last year he had really good stats, so I assume he thought you know his development was ready to, to take it up a step and see what he can do uh, in the AHL for now, but we'll see what happens next year. And was just a really, really solid uh, player in the NCAA for, for the three years he was there. Yeah, we will have to see. All right, and then we got Mike Coaster, uh, you know, Matthew Nye's teammate from Minnesota. Um, you know, a bit of an undersized uh, defenseman, left shot, but, you know, ha has put up some great numbers and uh, seems to be a guy who is, uh, you know, who is, is climbing up sort of some prospect pipelines here. I haven't heard anything about uh, his plans for the future, but I assume he's going to be coming back for his – 
senior season because I haven't heard any signing news yet, but I guess a lot of the Gophers we haven't necessarily heard anything from besides Matthew Nyes and then Jimmy Snuggerud I know is coming back, but still a couple of players have some decisions to make, but I assume he'd be coming back for a senior year. Um, and Kester has 29 points this year, which was his personal best in the NCAA so far. And the Gophers had a really, really good year this year, making the national championship game. So he was a big part of that. Um, before that, played in the USHL, played for Chaska High School here in Minnesota and was a fifth round pick in 2019. And like you said, not the tallest guy out there, but he had a really, really good season. So if he comes back for next year, it'll definitely be a, a top guy for the Gophers. Absolutely. All right. Now we got Joe Miller from Harvard. He's a Harvard boy. Um, almost a point per game guy, you know, as a center, again, another sort of undersized guy, 20 years old, but, you know, had a good freshman season and he seems to be working his way towards, uh, you know, a, a bright future. Yeah, honestly, I think he has a really promising road ahead just from his stats from his freshman year. A guy that another guy that's not the biggest guy out there. He's only listed as a, a five foot eight center but he had a really really good freshman season he had 28 points in 33 games and that's hard to do as a freshman um and he's 20 so he did time in juniors but still isn't you know like the oldest player out there or anything like that he had good stats in the ushl as well he played for the chicago steel and before coming into harvard he had over a point per game for chicago which was really good so i think he has Definitely a promising road ahead, and it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up and and improve upon it for for next year for Harvard. But it'll be hard because Harvard lost kind of quite a bit this mm-hmm. this offseason with signings. Yeah, we we covered that recently. You know, Harvard is being being gutted when it comes to to signings there. But you know, that just could mean that he's a. Uh... He's got, he gets a bigger role. We'll see. Um, all right. Now we got John Fusco from Dartmouth. His dad played for Hartford in the NHL way back. He's a 2020 seventh round pick. Um, and uh, yeah, he had a from, yeah, 2027th uh, round pick, played his first year at Harvard, then transferred to Dartmouth and seemed to have a lot more success since doing that. Oh, yeah. A player that is a, a right handed defender. We have a couple of seventh round picks on this list, and some of them have done really well, some of them not so much, but kind of hard to tell with this uh, guy so far. He had one year in the USHL and had decent stats, uh, and then played his freshman year at Harvard. Didn't really have a great season there. He had two points over 26 games, so not necessarily the point production that you'd want to see. But transferred to Dartmouth, it seems like it was a must have been a pretty good change because he had 11 points this year. Um, so definitely increased some of those uh, the the point production. And Dartmouth, not necessarily the best team in in college hockey, but hopefully they'll be able to turn it around and. Again, I haven't heard anything, and since he was only a sophomore, I assume he's coming back for his junior year and just will keep improving upon uh, his skill, and and we'll see how he does for being a, a seventh-round pick because those guys, like we've said, kind of a gamble. Yeah, kind of a gamble. All right, now we got a guy who's been in the system for a while here, uh, Ryan O'Connell. Um, you know, he's a, a, a seventh round pick in 2017 has not had great numbers pretty much anywhere. He played four years at Ohio state and then one at Michigan tech. Um, and, uh, you know, has, like we said, has struggled in, in pretty much at every, every stop he's been. Yeah. This prospect, I don't really know if this is going to be a guy that's going to end up 
signing with, yeah any of Toronto since I haven't heard anything uh and also he's out of college eligibility uh so kind of unfortunate to see that but he was a seventh round pick so again sometimes those guys don't always pan out um but he was a six foot one left-handed defenseman was 24 so you know he he was did his fifth year of college four years at Ohio State one at Michigan Tech only three assists this year 10 the year before that which was his best year so unfortunately seems like it just didn't really pan out for him so kind of unfortunate to see but obviously it happens and not everybody can you know play in the NHL which is you know kind of kind of sad but you know sad reality sad reality indeed all right and then finally we have Wyatt Shingoth or Shingothi I believe it's Shingothi um you know who is uh from Western Michigan this is another player, too, that I don't really know what to think about quite yet. He had only two points in nine games he played this year as a sophomore, so didn't really play that much even. Um, and his freshman year, he played in 20 games but didn't have any points. So honestly, just looking at stats-wise, doesn't seem great. Um, but again, another seventh-round pick. You never know what happens with these guys. He still has eligibility left though. So I assume he's coming back is going to play at least another year or two for Western Michigan. Uh, we'll see if he gets more playing time or more points. Don't really know. He's a five foot 11, 200 pound center from, from Illinois. He had pretty good USHL stats though. So we'll see if, you know, he took these first two years adapted and see what he can do next year for, for Western Michigan and the Broncos. We will have to see, but until then, we will be back next week. By this time next week, uh, all these players c- could be part of an organization that has finally won a playoff series. Crazy stuff. That would, be, yeah, that would be cool. What a wild time to live in. Um, all right, thank you, Sydney, for doing this. And, yeah, like we said, we'll be back next week. Enjoy. <laughs>